from the big screen to the small screen and everything in between. This is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Screeners Podcast. I'm Melody. This is Chad. I'm Chris. I'm Josh. And I'm Daniel. And we are back once again to talk all things media. Happy to be back with you guys again for another brand new episode. And we do totally appreciate all the feedback that we've had, especially on our Facebook. So if you guys have any feedback that you want to share about this show or shows coming up in the future, definitely check us out on Facebook. Just search for Screeners Podcast. But do make sure, and we did make a post about this this week, do make sure that when you go to listen to our episodes that you are actually subscribed on iTunes. And reviews on iTunes are also great too as we ramp up the podcast and give you guys the content that you're looking for. The iTunes subscriptions definitely help us out. All right, with that, let's get into Jump Cut. Jump Cut. Jump Cut. For Jump Cuts this time, we're going to do another kind of a news roundup. But it has been slow in the news department lately. Hasn't been a whole lot to talk about. But we do have a few things. One, a listener posted on our Facebook page, and it pains me to say this, but like the rights to Memento have been acquired, and they're, they're remaking Memento. And Finally, right, guys? Yeah, yeah finally. I've been dying yeah. for this remake for years, and finally it's happening. Uh, well, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, <laughs> also on the docket, Hulu has an original miniseries called 112263, something about time travel or JFK or Ghost Stephen but anyways, King. Ori- original content from Hulu. Yes, Ghost Stephen King. Um, and let's see here. Amazon Prime Streaming has been streaming the entire first season of Man in the High Castle. I have not watched, but I know several here have. So let's just kind of make this a free-for-all. Everyone pick up on the news story that most appeals to you, that you have most stake in, and let us know what you think. I will start off by saying that a remake of Memento is about the worst thing possible. Memento had almost perfect execution as a film. Christopher Nolan's first movie should be left alone, and I don't understand what you gain from remaking it. it it's you don't really remake cult classics. Um, you remake oh, yes, blockbusters, you do. do you? Do you? Obviously, to, to good effect. Like, is there <laughs> no? Nope. Is there a precedent for taking so, a cult classic that people love and just remaking it? So here's here's my take on this. I, the, the the company. Uh, that acquired all these movies. That apparently, Memento's not the only thing. They, there's a bunch of other movies that they're that this company that nobody's ever heard of is going to remake. Uh, Memento is just one of them. They have zero films of note that they've ever produced. Seeing films called Groove Tales, East End, nothing I've ever heard of. This whole thing seems like a PR stunt. Uh, that they just they picked the the thing that would anger the most people. And said, "Yeah, we're gonna remake that one." I- I'm curious to see if it even ever happens because this this whole thing just seemed weird to me. The whole announcement and the announcement that they're gonna be re- remaking a bunch of movies—it was just weird. It was not a normal announcement of a film. So, um, so I'm just kind of weirded out by this whole thing. They're the they're the movie equivalent of a patent troll 
in the tech world. That's really interesting. They just yeah. bought up a bunch of IP and they're like, we own this now. Yes, Let's yeah, make exactly. some money off it. On second exactly. thought, this sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. This could be the best thing ever. No. No, yeah, I, I don't think so. I, 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 it's not going to be a good thing. Uh, there, there's nothing to be gained by this. The only the only thing they're going to do is is remake it in the modern world and add whatever on top of it. Because Memento, as I was reading about this, there, there's very little that would work in Memento in the modern world. So I don't know what they're going to do in order to make it like actually legit and seem correct. So. I don't know. It just it seems like it's going to go nowhere. I agree with Daniel. This is this is not going to happen. Yeah. In the modern world. Yeah, with uh, Google. Uh, he could have used Post-it notes in the original movie, but they were they were around. He used Post-it notes. He uses tattoos, but of course, there's some fairly significant plot details that if he had the use of a cell phone and Google would have solved the the thing from the very beginning so they they're going to either have to literally make it a shot for shot remake in the actual time period that memento happened previously or they're going to have to change the plot significantly in order to allow the fact that technology has changed in such a way that it would ruin the original plot of the film have you so seen we'll see. better call saul yes he could have a he could have an allergy to electromagnetic radiation that's and true. He couldn't go yes. near a computer yeah. or a phone that's true that's what i'm saying great They'd have to make some sort of an allow some sort of an interesting quirk. Whether he doesn't have any cell phone signal, he's way out in the desert and he's not able to have cell phone <laughs> he's in signal. The desert. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like he's in he's in a hotel that's way isolated and is not able to. Ha- it, it would have to be something like that in order for the plot of the film to work in modern day. That's all. Sounding better all the time because they, <laughs> yeah. they're talking about how they're going to be faithful to the story and to the yeah. fans. This, it's, this is going to be beautiful. It's going to be terrible. Let's just move on. There's no reason Are to you talk. Saying about it. you don't. Tr- Trust the AMBI media uh, group. What? <laughs> I mean, even though they come, come on, out with some amazing. What was that Oscar movie, Daniel? Shark Groove Three? What'd you say? I don't even know what you said. Something. <laughs> Groove Tales. Oh, Groove Tales. And also com- coming soon, Arctic Justice. Boom. Thunder Squad. In your face, Chris. The more <laughs> that we, the more real. that I learn about this, the this more I like troll. it. This is a troll. Someone is trolling us all. I like it. No, this is not happening. It won't happen. Now, the thing that I'm most interested in and the thing that I had no idea was actually happening was 11-22-63. I'm in the middle of that book. I'm listening to the audio book, and I'm enjoying it quite a bit, and I had no idea that it was even going to be turned into uh, a movie or a miniseries or any of that kind of stuff. And for Hulu to kind of put all its bets on this as its first original Maybe it's not his first original content, but I think it might be its first original drama. Is that right or not? I don't even know. But I, I think they have a few. It's n- none of them have been successful. They've had a couple comedy series that have done all right, but yeah, James Franco is in this though, right? Uh, yeah. The, yeah. So I mean, that's a pretty. So it can't lose. Well, just a big draw, <laughs> you know. I mean, if if you're going to, yeah. if you're going to put all your chips, you know, out on the table and say, here's what we're capable of doing: Stephen King, J.J. Abrams, James Franco, those three names. Uh, do a pretty good job of drawing attention, and so I'm excited to see exactly how this how this turns out. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of time travel, and I like uh, conspiracy theories, and you know the whole story of the John F. Kennedy assassination. So yeah, I, I think this could be a very good thing. An eight episode miniseries is the perfect way to go with a Stephen King novel. So yeah, it could be uh, it could be wonderful, it could be terrible, but from the trailer, it looks. Pretty great. And speaking of Stephen right. King, the, the Josh didn't mention it, but one of the things that I was 
most excited about as potential news items was Matthew McConaughey may star in The Dark Tower. Yeah, I think yes. what, you're excited about that. <laughs> Who is I am excited about anything that may actually make The Dark Tower a reality. Come on, Melody. They've been saying this right. for how many years now? Yeah, true. I can't get okay. excited anymore. I just my heart can't take it. I think our first episode of the screeners, we actually talked about the possibility yeah, that someone exactly. was going to be making a. Yeah, but to be tower. fair, that was only like two and a half years ago, guys. Come on. <laughs> right. Okay, but okay, okay, but if if they actually were making the Dark Tower, would you really be excited about Matthew McConaughey being in it? Yeah, I think Matthew. McC- I mean, was he going to be driving a Lincoln? Ah. Uh... I think that's actually an integral part of the plot is that he'd be driving a Lincoln. You who have not read the Dark Tower just cannot contribute very much to this conversation. I'm not even allowed to make fun of Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> okay, I'm going home. <laughs> okay, fine. Anything else that we want to talk about? I think it was a pretty slow news week, but those are uh, those three things. The outrageous, the exciting, and the possibly never going to happen. Number two. Alright guys, so I wanted to chat a little bit about our childhood. You guys ready to talk about your Have childhood? You've seen my childhood. Oh. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> what? That's great. What just happened? It's a song. It's a song. So, it's called a song, Josh. I was thinking today about uh, entertainment and things that I enjoyed. And downstairs, my kids were watching a cartoon that they're really the Michael into. Bay movie. And uh, yeah, Michael Bay. I'm, I'm introducing them young. You know what I mean? They're watching The Rock. Uh, right. that, no, not at all. So no, they're they're watching a cartoon, and I was thinking to myself, boy, you know, what were the cartoons I enjoyed? And so I showed them a couple of the introduction uh, credit sequences that I used to love as a child. Uh, you know, like GI Joe and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I was just curious what you guys would consider to be some of your favorite cartoons while you were growing up. So Melody, for you, what would you say were some of your very favorite cartoons growing up? What was well, that? Sheriff Jones and Jumpin' Jiminy? Was that a cartoon? Yeah. What? what? The show that doesn't exist? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm very time traveling whatever. about Briscoe County Jr.? Yes. Uh, that's not a cartoon. Sheriff no. Jones and Jumpin' Jiminy. Uh, no. That's... <laughs> What's, wow! What is happening? Oh my gosh! That, that is the best show ever. You should However, be. it was not a cartoon, so it doesn't count for this particular question. I was afraid of that. <laughs> but wow. but thanks for that. Uh, okay, mine. Uh, I mean, okay, probably my favorite shows actually were not cartoons because I can think of a couple that I loved very much that weren't. But I have four that come to mind quite quickly: Tailspin. Yes. Loved, loved that show. If that's probably the one, like if I could go back and sh- and like watch one of the shows I used to watch with my kids, that I would love to watch that one with them because I remember loving it. Uh, Darkwing Duck, Captain Planet, Captain Planet was a staple. Yes, and my my top favorite cartoon I, that I can re- recall at the, at this particular juncture uh, would be Transformers. Loved wow. that one. Yeah. Yes, it nice. was. It was our most dedicated uh, watch. Back in the day. All right, Daniel, how about you? I think this is going to be interesting because I feel like we have a, a wide swath of uh, generations. What are you here. trying so to say, Chris? A generational gap between it. Daniel and Chad. Just go ahead and yes. say it. So, Daniel, for you growing up, what were some of your favorite cartoons? I'm not offended. Yes. Please continue. I am the youngest screener by a fair margin, so this is going to be a little, uh, a little different. I would, when I was 
young, pretty young, like, um, you know, maybe eight or nine or so, I, I would watch the classic Saturday morning cartoons. So, you know, Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry. So classic things like that. Loved those. Um, as I got a little older, it was the classic Nickelodeon shows for me. Mm. So, uh, Hey Arnold, Rocket Power, Rugrats was huge for me. I loved Rugrats. That show was fantastic. But the biggest one for me, uh, I was in like, I don't know, fifth grade. I got really into SpongeBob. Yes. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've so, never seen SpongeBob. I mean, I know of SpongeBob, but I've never actually watched, watched the show. Yeah. Philistine. Philistine. <laughs> Yes, uh, yeah, that was a huge one for me. I, I was, I loved it, man. I mean, what can I say? I was, a, I was a, I was a boy, and we all loved it. Yeah, so it was weird enough for a weirder like me. So that's that's the biggest one. That was my biggest cartoon uh, that I was obsessed with. I think so. Nice. He all right. Called Hey Arnold and Rugrats, Nickelodeon classics. I know, right? <laughs> that's like when I found <laughs> I out. I was Fred watching you episode. was on Nick at Night. <laughs> oh wow! Really? Yeah. Josh, how about you, man? I know you oh. used to watch and enjoy things when you were younger. When I had a heart? Yeah. When I got four channels on my TV at home, I tried to watch cartoons when I could see them. Um, there were so many. I don't know. My favorite favorite is tough. Favorite might have been Spider-Man, the Spider-Man cartoon. Hmm. Um, but also ranking up there were The Tick, which was a great cartoon when I was a little kid and turned into an absolutely terrible live action show that you should go back and watch just because of how awful it is i've heard that that um, is a, like a cult classic though people it's, it's pretty it funny is, it is really a cult like classic it. okay all right it's, but you didn't like, like it it stars what rob riggle is the tick um no someone uh, of no it's just someone shaped like rob riggle <laughs> uh, i forget his name i have no idea what's being too. said right now <laughs> just words <laughs> just words riggle? But also, I have to mention Animaniacs in case no one else does, because Animaniacs, Animaniacs was a fantastic movie. Yes, no, Animaniacs was wonderful. It was. All right, so taking us all the way back, Chad. <laughs> I, I actually I asked this question just so we could have a history lesson tonight. It was Chad. alive at the birth of animation, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Tell mm-hmm. us what you yeah, Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie was definitely... <laughs> grew up on that one. I loved it. Um, for me, actually, I had... The first cartoon that I remember watching, and the only reason I remember how young I was, was because I asked my dad for Christmas if I could have the toys to this to this cartoon, and he... He looked forward and looked forward and said it doesn't exist. And in my little probably five, six-year-old brain, I was like, if this thing existed, it would be the greatest invention of all time. And that was Voltron. Loved the Voltron cartoon. It was the five and five like tigers would come together to make one big robot. Yeah. So I asked him, I was like, can I have the tigers that make a robot? And they didn't have it. So I was super sad. But Voltron, for sure, that's the earliest one I can remember. But I love Voltron. I loved, you know, some of the classic ones. Inspector Gadget was a big one that we really yes. loved. Yeah. Uh, I loved, yes. I loved He-Man, Masters of the Universe. The, I have the power. Right? No? Absol- Anybody? No, absolutely. Yeah, I know. He-Man. I was all about He-Man. But my probably my absolute favorite one was 
Alvin and the Chipmunks, just because, again, my family loved the music and stuff, and we always thought the three-part harmony was, was like, really cool. And my, my two younger brothers are only 18 months apart, respectively, and so our parents were always, like, trying to make us dress up as, like, the Chipmunks. It was really very frustrating, <laughs> actually. But anyway, so that was it. Those, those were the ones. You guys, did you ever – I know you know who Alvin and the Chipmunks are, but do you actually remember the, the original cartoon? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Totally. So there you go. Cool. Well, so for me, I really loved two comic book series. Uh, I think probably my favorite one was X-Men. That show rocked. I loved it. I remember um, specifically the Book It program from Pizza Hut. Did you guys ever do the Book It program from Pizza Hut? Oh, yeah. Personal yeah, so yes. pizza, baby. Yeah, yeah. So you'd read a certain number of books, and your teacher would give you like a report card and stickers, and if you took those into Pizza Hut, it'd give you a free pizza. And if you collected enough of those you also would get prizes and one of those prizes was a vhs tape with four fully recorded episodes of x-men that was big time back in the day because usually you didn't get to choose what show you watch you just turned on the show when you got home and whatever was on you watched whatever episode of x-men was on that day you watched but i love the fact that i could like get my VHS tape from Book It and watch my specific episode that I really liked. Uh, you and got that, VHSs? Yeah, man. I, I got, got ripped off is what I got. I got. Four, I got four VHS tapes. They were limited edition. They were black. Like, oh, man, I love those VHS tapes. I just I got think, pizza. I, I have think my no mom, idea what you're talking about. Right really? <laughs> no oh, clue. Man. You're so old. Uh, Daniel, do you know what they're talking about? No, see, no, not, you're so really? young. Go look. Yeah, exactly. Go look up Book It. Now I feel I. I you have to be literate, like Chris. Like, oh. What are books? I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> and then my other favorite one was Batman, the animated series, uh, which is probably the better show, in all honesty. Um, but those two, those two uh, cartoons were the best. I mean, they were so great. And I think me, Big Chris, still lives in those worlds wanting to see those things come to reality so being able to see the x-men series actually happen on film as well as christopher nolan's batman uh it just it made me makes my heart so happy to know that those things were translated so well to to actual films for my uh, my adult uh my adult being so anyway good stuff all right so let's move on to uh the next uh the next jump cut All right, so I guess that about does it, except I mentioned Amazon was streaming Man in the High Castle, and no one? No one? All right, fine. We'll talk about that next time. So if everyone else out there wants to catch up on it, in the meantime, we'll talk about that next episode, and you can play along at home. Yes, everyone, right. you, you should watch it. It's a good one. Have you seen my childhood? <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Screeners Podcast. You know what they say, everything old is new again. Keeping in that tradition, the screeners, having added a fifth member, Daniel, we thought what better way to welcome him than to include him in the flick chart rankings that were started so many years ago. We were, as a matter of fact, before we began this show, we looked it up, we had forgotten what our top ten list, and we were so embarrassed that we decided <laughs> to wipe the slate clean Add Daniel. I mean, a guy whose favorite movie is San Andreas. What could this go is wrong? A lie. What could That's go wrong? So here we are tonight, starting from scratch. If you'd like to follow our list, 
Go to FlickChart.com and search for Screeners Podcast and play along. So the way FlickChart works is it randomly pulls up two movies, and the question is very simple. We decide which one is better than the other. In this case, now that we have a fifth member, there should not be a tie. The only way that a movie is disqualified is if a majority of us have not seen the movie. So as long as three screeners have seen it, the vote stands. So guys, are you ready to jump back in to FlickChart? And Daniel, are you ready to vote for San Andreas? <laughs> I'm so ready to do everything but that. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. We're going to start off empty slate. We have no movies on our list. And the first pairing is The Shawshank Redemption versus... 1941 Dumbo. Oh, interesting. Wow. Goodness. Interesting. Dumbo is so we racist. Have to play this. <laughs> <laughs> I like you guys it. watched it that recently? <laughs> Anything yeah. where we start with Dumbo is so racist. I didn't think I would it hear is. that sentence today. It's one of the most racist. Uh, it is. It's oh, a man. horrible movie. It is. Oh, so I'm going to say, Melody, what are you going to vote for? Clearly Shawshank. Okay, Chris. Oh, man, Shawshank. I love that movie. Daniel. Yeah, not a contest, Shawshank. Josh, have you seen either of these films? <laughs> Dumbo is my favorite movie of all time. No, it's not. <laughs> Shawshank. Are you serious? Uh, <laughs> of course he's not yes, serious. <laughs> I am dead serious. Standing for the oh, right of racists God. everywhere, I will vote for Dumbo. But it doesn't matter, so the Shawshank Redemption it is. Wait, would you really vote? No, everyone else hear that? Of course not. Yeah, I love really Shawshank. All right, so the next one is Bulletproof Monk versus Back oh, wow. to the Future Part 3. Oh, uh, man, yes. I have not seen Bulletproof Monk from 2003. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I actually have. You That's have. I think Fat, I saw right? it, too. Chai Young Fat is in that, right? Yes. Is, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, Daniel, have you seen it? Uh, yeah, I don't really remember it, but yeah, I saw it. Okay, so let me guess what your answers are all going to be. <laughs> is it Back, Back to the Future Back 3? The Future that 3? movie's actually really yes. good. I like Back to the Future 3 quite a bit. I, I did, did too. Solid. I did too. Yeah. All right. Bulletproof Monk, what a random <laughs> movie. Random. I'm voting for Undercover Brother coming up next. Yeah, man. So the next pairing is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days from 2003 versus the original Toy Story from 1995. Oh, All right, here we go. So Toy Story uh, is going to be my vote. <laughs> Melody? <laughs> Definitely Toy Story. Daniel? No joke. My wife made us watch this three days ago, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. So I just watched that movie. So I can say with authority, Toy Story <laughs> <laughs> Christopher? I'm going to say How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. You should. You should. You should. Is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days racist? It's super racist. It's more racist than Dumbo. I thought so. Josh, have you seen Toy Story at least? Yes, I have seen Toy Story. Does it it will. You've seen How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, too. I have not. Yes, you (laughs) You don't even admit it. Not unless I watched it with you under circumstances I can't recall. (laughs) Oh, dear. All right. This is an interesting pairing. We have... The Best Picture winner from 2002, Chicago, versus an Oscar winner, but not for picture, in 1996, Fargo. Wow. Chicago versus Fargo. So let's start Mm. with Melody. Mm. Uh, This is probably not going to take the win, but I, I would say Chicago. I really, really, really love that movie. Okay. Uh, Josh? 
I know Fargo Coen Brothers. I'm supposed to love that, and I just can't remember it very well. Okay. Um, it's tough to vote. I guess I'll have to go with Chicago because I actually have memories of it. Yep. Okay. All right, Daniel. Yeah, this is a really tough one. I love Chicago, but Fargo's a really, really fantastic movie, so got to vote for that. Fargo it is. All right, are we going to have any controversy? Chris, well, let me go. It's Fargo for sure. So, Chris, what Uh-oh. do you think? There's no doubt it's Chicago. Oh, man. Wow. I wow. love Chicago. It really – I saw that movie in, in college, and it blew my mind to the level of – I'm pretty sure the three of us saw it together in that did. nasty, stinky we did. dollar theater. The dollar theater. Yeah, yeah the three of us did. <laughs> yeah. oh, that place was awful. Yeah. It was terrible. So what you're saying is nostalgia wins, not the best picture. I understand. <laughs> yeah, really. I get no, it. No, I really like Chicago quite a bit. It did some amazing – Fargo, things. I mean – I have to switch my vote if Fargo doesn't win. It's it's Fargo. No, it's too late now. I've already input the decision. What do you mean it's Fargo? How would you? Why did you change? Man. I don't know because it's Fargo. Too late. You this game's kind of a bummer. We just voted down Fargo. What's no, we no <laughs> we did it, Daniel. This game is a huge. Bummer. We did it. They did. <laughs> right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. The Ferals get together and they're like, "Remember that time we were holding hands under the stars and watched that movie? It was so beautiful. That must win." <laughs> Anyway, I'm not bitter. Here we go. The next two, Jerry Maguire from 1996 versus the original Ace Ventura Pet Detective from 1994. That's actually pretty interesting. Let's start with Chris. Uh, Jerry Maguire. Uh, that has so many quotable lines in it. Come on, Jerry Maguire. It has exactly and so does one pay, So line. does Ace Ventura <laughs> Pet So Detective. does Ace Ventura, man. <laughs> All right, let's go to Josh. We have one for Jerry Maguire. What about you, Josh? I haven't seen Jerry Maguire. I want to vote. <laughs> All right, Melody. <laughs> oh man, that's kind of tough. I, I think, I think Ace Ventura annoys me a little bit, so I'm gonna have to go with Jerry Maguire. It's a great movie. Daniel, honestly, Jerry Maguire did not hold up that well for me. I just rewatched it uh, like last year, and I was really underwhelmed. Uh, it, yeah, it has a lot of quotable moments, but I was underwhelmed. So, Ace Ventura, it is. I loved Ace Ventura. I loved, loved, loved it. And it it literally became everyday quotes from me and, and many of my friends. But it's Jerry Maguire, and it's not even close. It's a great movie. And I think it does hold up. Show me oh, the oh, money! Right, then. All right. The next one Eat is then. Sleepy Hollow. All then, Chad. All righty then. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Sleepy Hollow from 1999 versus The Italian Job from 2003. Let's start with Josh. Okay, you haven't seen it. Let's go to Chris. Saw The Italian Job. Yeah, I don't really like either one of these movies, to be honest with you. Boy, what is the best of the worst? I I guess I would go with Sleepy Hollow just for style. Okay, that's fair. Not by much. What about you, Daniel? I actually really like The Italian Job quite a bit. So I'm going to vote for that one. It's fun. Okay. Melody? Yeah, I I feel like I have more happy memories of the Italian job, like that I enjoyed it. So we'll go with Italian job. Yeah, I would vote for Italian job as well. We're going to do four more, and then we'll call it a day for round one. We have True Lies from 1994 versus The Empire Strikes Back oh, from 1980. Oh. What? And Josh, oh. which one of these have you not seen? True lies. <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, uh, Chris. Oh my Oops, lord! Uh, how do you? I don't even know how you do this, but I, it's very easy. The Empire Strikes Back <laughs> is really? by far the better movie. I'm just, I really love True Lies quite a bit. Did you like and Melody it. like go on a date and watch True Lies or something? <laughs> we, is actually, that yes, we actually have seen True Lies. <laughs> oh, there you go. Really Melody, awkward. what do you think? I mean, I was really looking forward to defending True Lies against something because I love it, but I can't defend it against Empire. So that's Dan- the clear answer. Daniel, do we didn't even ask? Come on. Come on. Empire. True it's Lies. Empire. <laughs> All right. Next is the original X-Men from 2000 versus Mean Girls from 2004. Oh, man. Wow. Interesting. Jeez. All right. Uh, Daniel, let's start with you. Man, those are so wildly different. <laughs> oh my gosh. Man. Wow. Uh I guess I would have to go. I love both of those movies a lot. Just for sheer rewatchability, I think I have to go with Mean Girls, and I'm very surprised at myself for saying right. that. Oh, all right. But uh wow. yeah. All right. Uh Josh, what about you? Mean Girls, come back to us, Lindsay. Come back to us. <laughs> <laughs> she never left. Okay, she did. All right, Chris. We have two votes for Mean Girls right now. That's right, Chris. My mind is freaking blown. I think I talked about it earlier in this episode, actually, how much I loved X-Men and how much I loved the fact that they made a movie out of that. So I'm going to go with X-Men because that's the right choice. All right. Holy cow. Two to one. I am sweating bullets right now. Melody. I can't believe this might happen. X-Men or Mean Girls? (laughs) I have to say X-Men. I'm sorry. Whoever that makes mad, but I really <laughs> like X Men. Sorry, Chad. X two is X two is great, but this this is easily Mean Girls. Sorry, boys. Yes. Easily, Sorry, I knew it. Are you kidding it. me? It's a better movie. Yes. It's just mean Girls better. is funny. Wow. I'm fine with Mean Girls winning. That was a close one. That was a really close one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I'm not. The original X Men is better than all the sequels for sure, but Mean Girls was was cute. It's funny. How dare you? It's not. X2 is wow. better than X-Men, but whatever. We won't get into that. Is it? No. Yes. <laughs> X2 is certainly Rebecca Romaine. <laughs> it's, that's, that's, it's that's what we got. clearly better. All right, here we go. Yeah. The original whatever. Alien from 1979 versus The Simpsons movie. <laughs> the Simpsons. Oh, Don't even ask this question. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, let's start with you. Is it is it all alien all the time here? Of course, Ridley Scott's uh, aliens. All right, are we all in agreement there? Who, yeah, there's Spider no... Pig, Spider. No, don't even. Does whatever a Spider Pig does. That's a fantastic no. movie, though. But obviously, got to vote for Alien. It's Alien. It's Alien. Of course, it's Alien. What? All right, we have Spider Pig. <laughs> we have Who Framed Roger Rabbit from 1988. Love. And a movie that I've seen, but I'm not sure about you guys, Gleaming the Cube from 1989. Yes! 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 I didn't know we were doing X-rated movies here. (laughs) (laughs) It's a skateboarding movie, so. Sure it is. Skateboarding. All right, Josh. (laughs) I guess we know your answer, Melody. You even have to ask. (laughs) I have not seen Gleaming the Cube. Daniel, I'm assuming you haven't seen it either. I can't get over the name. No, I haven't seen it. It's a skating <laughs> term, you people. Cube. All right, so we'll bump that down. Uh, yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit versus Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, the original from 1997. And we'll start with Melody. Oh, my gosh. I hate both of those movies. <laughs> <sighs> All right. 
Austin Powers, I guess. What? Okay. Sorry. Uh, Daniel feels strongly about this, Daniel. My gosh. I mean, Austin Powers is fine, but Who Framed Roger Roger Rabbit is amazing. Such Mm -hmm. a great movie. So good. That's definitely the better one. Don't I'm not a bad girl. I'm just drawn that way. Chris. (laughs) A shave and a haircut. (laughs) No doubt, Roger Rabbit. That movie is amazing. So good. All right, Josh. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Who Framed Roger Rabbit is the winner. All right, the next one is Alien again versus the original Halloween from 1978, Josh's favorite genre. Yes. All right. (laughs) Chris, is it Alien or is it Halloween? Both considered classics in their respective genres. Horror classics. Well, I think they're both horror. Um, Uh, I guess, sure, maybe. Oh, man. I, I think Alien is still the better movie, but Halloween was so groundbreaking and... A lot of ways, but Alien, I think, is much better rewatchable film. Okay. Daniel? I'm, I'm just not really a fan of horror, um, and I don't really... Yeah, Alien, I mean, it's scary, I guess, but it's... I don't know. I don't really consider it horror like Halloween. So, yeah, that's definitely, definitely the better movie over Halloween. Okay. Melody? Yeah, I'm not a huge horror fan, uh, but I do love the Alien franchise, so clearly Alien. Okay, I would definitely vote for Halloween, but Alien wins. All right, three more. We have the original... Oh, now this is a contrast. Okay, we have Spaceballs from 1987 versus Schindler's List from 1993. Oh, my gosh. Wow. You know, it's hard to think of one without the other. I mean, it's hard to think of one without the other. So, Josh... Let's start with you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, I don't know how you can separate the two. True. I haven't seen Schindler's List. Oh, man. Oh, you've seen Mean Girls, <laughs> and you yeah. haven't seen Schindler's List. I leave Someone the I think I saw that one scene. It's kind of... Wow. Risky. All right. Than- so, Chris, Schindler's List or Spaceballs? I mean, Schindler's List Do it, Chris. Is- oh, come on, Schindler's Chris. Schindler's List is... Yes, is a much better movie than Spaceballs is, but Spaceballs is great. I'm just saying, Schindler's. We list. want to vote for dramatic reenactment. If there was one, uh, so here, here's, selected scenes from here, Spaceballs. If I had to choose one that I had to watch for the rest of my life, I would choose Spaceballs. <laughs> That's a more entertaining, fun, crazy film that is very you know it's hilarious. But the better movie is Schindler's List, so I'm going to go with Schindler's. Okay, and Melody. Uh, it's definitely, definitely Schindler's List. Uh, Spaceballs is like mildly entertaining, but Schindler's List is a greatness. So you take okay. that back, uh, Daniel. <laughs> All right, it's funny. I'm not a big slapstick uh, parody guy. Well, it's fine. Again. It's fine. <laughs> I don't like horror. I don't like slapstick, but I love San Andreas. <laughs> <sighs> well, Welcome yeah. To the screeners. <laughs> Schindler's List. It is. Yeah, it's Schindler's List, but Spaceballs is. Pretty, pretty great. Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, Ugh. 1999, versus Back to the Future Part 3. Can I just save us some time here, kids? Yes. Yep. It's, it's yep. Definitely <laughs> Back great. to the Future. All right. The incre- oh, I thought you meant by skipping me. Come on, the rest of you have to vote. <laughs> the Incredible Hulk from 2008 versus David Fincher's Seven from oh 1995. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Come on. Yeah. Clean sweep What's there. What's in the box? I didn't see Seven. 
Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Just I saw the Hulk, though. I saw the Hulk. Anyone? Anyone? That oh, I saw is both sad. <laughs> All right, we have two more. This one is quite interesting, especially considering how wrong Daniel and Chris are about Spectre. We have Mission Impossible from 1996 versus The Born Ultimatum from 2007. Let's start with Joshua. Yeah, well, either way, I haven't seen whatever the first one was. <laughs> or, no, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Yeah, the very first one from '96. I don't remember either of them. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, God. And born because the ferals are going to vote it down. For those of you <laughs> keeping score at home, this is Josh's pick to play this game. Just want to keep that out there so everybody remembers that. <laughs> Chris, Mission Sorry, Impossible what? or the Born Ultimatum. The original Mission Impossible? The first one, 1996. Versus The Bourne Ultimatum. Mm-hmm. Boy, uh, I really like The Bourne Ultimatum a lot, but Mission Impossible is really a great movie. So I'm going to go. Punchy versus Gadgets. Okay, Melody? Uh, no contest. Mission Impossible. Bourne movies are great, but Mission Impossible is like one of my top movies of all time. Red light! Oh, wow. Green light! Daniel. I'm shocked right now. Born Ultimatum is by a mile the better movie. Mission Impossible One has like a couple good scenes, but Born you Ultimatum know, is fantastic. You might you might be right, like objectively, yeah, but exactly. I enjoy I enjoy Mission Impossible better. Right. You might be right objectively, but <laughs> they had dinner but, while they were watching this exactly. on, on their third date. Oh, whatever. <laughs> so I hey, am you know going what? to say that of these two, it is. I don't want to say clearly, but for it's me, clear. it's not that close. It's the Born Ultimatum. It's very clear. Yes. So, I am serious. To me, Mission Impossible, the original one, is the fourth best of the of the five. Have you Have you gone back and watched it recently? I mean, yes, not recently, not but I have the Blu-ray. I've watched it multiple times. See, Daniel has remember... watched every movie we've talked about in the last three months. That's, That's actually true, right? <laughs> so, no, but I, I went back and watched it um, fairly recently, probably within the last six months or so, and I was actually quite shocked at how much I liked that movie. I remember it being confusing and just not all that really well. And, of course, it's nothing like Mission Impossible 3, 4, or 5, the recent films in the franchise, but I like the... I the, the I like it. I like it, but the, I loved the Born Ultimatum. I thought that I don't was even fantastic. remember the Born Ultimatums. Like pl- that's the thing. Like I feel like those movies all a cohesive story. Yeah, yeah, first so of much all, that I you, can't tell them apart. You don't remember the story of Mission Impossible. You just remember the one scene where he's hanging from the the suspension wire. Exactly. exactly. No, I just said red light green. No, I because you just watched it. But before coming, come on. No, well, no, no, I, remember no. I, I really, I, I enjoyed Mission Impossible. I've, I've seen that movie more times. I think I've only seen the Bourne Ultimatum once or twice, maybe. Okay. Uh, well, so. we're at an impasse here. We have two for Bourne Ultimatum and two for Mission Impossible. Josh. No, we don't. We have three for Bourne. Did you pick Bourne? Because I, yeah, I couldn't I vote, Bourne. and I just said, you know what, Bourne, because the Ferals were going to vote it down. But guess what? They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we did vote it down. You just one for the good team. Way to go, Josh. And our last one of the night. We have the 2003 Daredevil with Ben Affleck and Jennifer Gardner versus Sin City from 2005, the Robert Rodriguez, the first one. Let's start with Daniel. I hate Sin City. Uh, I, I know I'm the minority in that, but I really dislike that movie a lot. I also dislike Daredevil quite a bit, but uh, in this <laughs> weird scenario, that one wins. Wow. 
Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Chris. Yeah, I, I don't have any affinity towards either one of these films, but I want to give it to Sin City just because of style. I feel like Sin City did something that was unique and different, and um, I like that more than I did whatever crazy horribleness that is Daredevil. Okay. Melody, we have one for each. What about you? <laughs> I mean, I really actively hate both of these movies a lot. <laughs> Melody, uh, you're bringing the hate tonight. I mean, but I, I, rem- I recall my hate for Sin City in a deeper, and more disturbing <laughs> way. Yes. So Daredevil it is. That is Correct. so sad. Okay, is, first uh, of all, Daredevil is a terrible movie. Yes, it, it is. is. It is. It is. It's not. It's not it's just terrible. a. It's not just bad. It's terrible. Yep. Sin City is competent and mm-hmm. is. As a matter of fact, I I rather enjoy the first one. Now the second one is terrible. So for me, it's not even close. It's so so bad. It's much better. It's well made. It's not even close. So again, we're at a two-two impasse, Joshua. Mm. I say we well, love Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that's a good suggestion. Well, no, it's not. not a good suggestion. <laughs> I like it when Josh just picks because he hasn't seen it and he just gets to make stuff up. <laughs> have <laughs> you seen either one of them? He's seen these. No, I have seen Sin City. I technically cannot vote because I have not seen Daredevil. I will say that I liked Sin City in college and I saw like 20 or 30 minutes of it on TV not too long ago and it is really bad. Yep. It's just really bad. But it does get style points, but I can't vote. So next question. Sin City has a 78% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's not sad. It's a good movie. Where Daredevil, it is a good movie. Where Daredevil has, rightfully so, a 44%. (laughs) So the winner, thanks to the uh, Rotten Tomato meter. Is the suggestion of Chris. You followed Chris's <laughs> suggestion. I know. Yes. What are we doing? The what, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> and so, Daniel, welcome to the FlickChart experience here at the Screeners Podcast. Uh, you'll be happy to know, folks, at FlickChart.com, we now have a fully fleshed out top 20 of all time. Our current number one is The Shawshank Redemption. Number 10 is Jerry Maguire. And number 20 is Daredevil. I just love it's the fact Dumbo. that now it's we not know Dumbo. Daniel, uh, Daredevil votes. and Dumbo need to go head to head here. <laughs> Daniel votes for San Andreas and Daredevil. That's all I'm going to say for the rest this of This is rigged. This is rigged. <laughs> now, to be fair, 20, 20 is not our bottom movie because we ranked 40 films. Our 40th and last place film is Racist Dumbo. Dumbo. So there you go. <laughs> you can feel yeah. good about that. All right, let's move on to our main event. Welcome to the main event. For this week's main event, we review The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. I'm going to kill you with my bow and arrow. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much what the trailer was. Now I'm going to fight for the innocent people. Are we trying to create another bomb? Is that what we're doing? Is that what we're trying to happen here? I'm forcing it. It's not working. Oh, man. The IMDb description for Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 says, As the War of Panem escalates to the destruction of other districts by the capital, Katniss Everdeen, the reluctant leader of the rebellion, must bring together an army against President Snow, while all she holds dear hangs in the balance. So, 
This is part two of the Hunger Games cash grab. I mean, the Hunger Games Mockingjay part two. Uh, and while it did open as the lowest of the series from a box office standpoint, it still, after one weekend, has made almost $250 million worldwide. So it is a smashing success once again. And there was some controversy and some consternation at the splitting of the final chapter into two parts, as seems to be the Hollywood tradition these days. So my question to you guys is this. Have you liked the first two? What is your relationship to the Hunger Games movie series? And did you feel that breaking this up into a two-parter was worth it? And with that, let's start with Daniel. Yeah, so as I was thinking about my relationship with the Hunger Games movies, I, I realized I, I have a kind of weird one. Uh, I read all the books, which I rarely do, uh, and I really loved the first two books. The third one sucked. As far as the movies go, I really enjoyed the first one, and the rest of them have been fine, or the other two have been fine. But um, as I was waiting for this, uh, this last one to come out, I realized I just didn't care at all about this franchise. It, not that I had any bad feelings towards it or anything like that. I just I was completely and utterly ambivalent towards the entire series. Um, and that rarely happens to me as somebody who sees all of the movies. So, so I don't know why that is. I just, I just for some reason, couldn't care less about this uh, last movie coming out, even though I read the books and everything. So going into this movie, I, I, I liked the other films just fine. None of them any more than the rest. They're all very solid. And this one as well, it's, it's a solid movie. It's, it's perfectly enjoyable. It's entertaining. Uh, it's pretty well shot and acted. And um, the plot works better than I remember the book working. I remember I hated the book. I thought it was stupid. And, and I didn't hate the plot of this one. It's dark, but it's fairly interesting. The action was fairly well done. Uh, one thing that bothered me throughout was that everything felt extremely convenient. Um, I loved how uh, TVs just popped up at the perfect moment to deliver exposition throughout the entire movie. Uh, that that was really uh, frustrating. It got old very quickly. And, and hiding, they have cameras all throughout the city, but they're able to hide right next to where these soldiers are investigating a building that they just saw them in. It was just, it all got very old. But even so, um, like I said, it's very entertaining regardless. And uh, there's no doubt that uh, this is a, it's a, it's a well-made movie, but uh, I probably won't remember it in a couple months. So I don't know. I'm just kind of, kind of ambivalent about the whole thing. So a somewhat positive, but not really, review from Daniel. Uh, that was a positive review. Uh, somewhat, somewhat. Sort of, he said it was of. well done. He had, there were some things in there that that. Uh, it's not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Okay, Josh, did you see the Hunger Games: Mockingjay Part Two? Sadly, yes. You should also <laughs> ask me if I saw the rest of them because well, I'm also sad to say I did partially for this podcast. I think mm -hmm. we reviewed, what was it, the first or the second one? Right. There's a second mm -hmm. one because I did not want to see the second one after I saw the first one. Right. And I did anyways. You're welcome. So you still haven't seen Schindler's List, though? Correct. <laughs> okay. Please Because continue. the time that I could have spent watching Schindler's List, I was in the theater seeing The Mockingjay Part 2. Next time we give you the pass, Josh. Go ahead and watch Schindler's List. Go watch List. Schindler's List instead of whatever crap we're reviewing next. <laughs> no, no, you can't do hey, that. Hey, we're getting into the good season now. I think now. you could. All right, Josh. So what did you think about The Hunger Games in general, if we can't guess that already? And what did you think about this final installment? Yeah, you started out by saying, what's our relationship to the series? And my relationship to the series is that I have so much deep-seated loathing for the first two movies that nothing the third 
duology or trilogy or whatever they made it into could have pulled them out from the mud that is my hatred for them. Even though in the second movie, at the very end, they were starting to show what was happening outside of um, the Twilight Arena or whatever was going on in there. And I was like, that is the more interesting <laughs> plot. Yeah. But, totally. And then we saw it in the third movie, and by the time we got there, I didn't care because these characters were so annoying to me. But anyways, moving right along. I watched the first part of the third, the part three, part one, what are we calling it? <laughs> A couple days ago in preparation because it's been on TV now. And I had trouble just paying attention to it at all. Um, anyways, part two was, like Daniel said, the best I can say about it is that it was competent. And there was one scene that made me wonder, hmm, if I were shooting this scene, how would I actually accomplish what they did there? And that was about, that was the wedding scene, by the way. And that was the most interesting, um, cinematography in the movie. Other than that, just, just no. So, so much no. I, I do try to take a step back, though. Like other people are concerned about, um, you guys are often concerned about the competency of the filmmaker, the the way the shots are framed, and the movie making as a craft. Which I get that, and that's fine. I'm the kind of person who steps back and looks at, always looks at the story in a movie if there happens to be one, and why a movie like this has seems to have resonated. This plot has resonated. It's a huge success. Like you said, it's whatever, $250 million already. And you got to wonder, it's, it's obviously kind of an adolescent movie. You have this adolescent girl with a messiah complex, and adolescents always have a messiah complex. It's what we do around that age. But this is spread beyond the disposable income adolescent range and it's made money outside of that and got to kind of wonder its relationship to society as a whole like this movie frames all authority figures as bad so obviously whatever happens to any of them is deserved and it, it just kind of made me think twice and I didn't write any notes and so I'm not even making complete sentences right now, so we can just stop. But anyways, millennials have apparently a messiah complex, and as millennials have started to age, it's started to shift to an older demographic. And so these movies that were once just teen movies are becoming popular at, at large. And this is a little confusing and a little sad to me, and I guess I'll just I'll stop it there. I... Do not like this movie. I award it no points, and may God have mercy on its soul. <laughs> <laughs> so we started off negative and went down from there. Yeah. All right. So Chris, what uh, are you in agreement with Josh or Daniel, or do you love it like you love everything? <laughs> right. Well, let me start off by letting you guys know my history with the Hunger Games franchise. Uh, I had no interest in this. I was not excited. I thought it was another Twilight series tween young, young adult fiction deal and I just wasn't interested in seeing the movie and then one night we had some friends over and we watched the first Hunger Games on Netflix and I was actually quite uh, taken aback by the production value in it and how it was not totally terrible um, I actually quite liked the first one 
a bit because I was surprised that it was not awful and totally nuts and and uh, and just all about the uh, uh, the love triangle and all that kind of stuff. And then um, part two I saw in the theater, and I really liked part two for the reasons that Josh was actually talking about, and that is that it opened up the world. Uh, there were some better actors in it. They brought in some – because the, the first one made so much money, I felt like they actually got some really great actors. And, of course, Jennifer Lawrence was not all that well-known when she did the first Hunger Games, and by the second one she'd become quite popular and had gone on to do some you know Oscar-worthy work and was really beginning to get known as a – a good actress. And so the second Hunger Games has some really great actors in it. And even uh, part three, part one, as I was, Josh was watching the, that film on television, we were kind of uh, watching it together. I was telling him the acting, the cast in these movies is spectacular. Some really great actors in it. So I loved the the second one just because it opened up. I'm talking about the second film, the franchise, not part two of part three. I really like that that movie quite a bit um it got me excited about the future um of what maybe this resistance could be i'm a huge fan of post-apocalyptic or dystopian kind of futures 1984 and Fahrenheit 451 all that stuff is exciting to me i like those that setting and so this kind of spoke to me on on that level but this movie the mockingjay part two Boy, it was really kind of a mess, wasn't it? I felt like I was expecting a the series to at least end on a strong note. I really feel like it stuck to its guns and it delivered what it was promising. But unfortunately, it was very, I guess, mediocre and not very satisfying. We can talk about it in spoilers if we get to spoilers. But it just, for me, it felt like the series really hit a hit a high note at the end of the second film. And, you know, specifically like what Phil, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, what's, what's his name? I can't remember. It's a really silly name. What Plutarch. Is Plutarch. Uh, yep. Yeah. Something so, B. yeah. So Plutarch's character for me was really interesting and it's really sad that he passed away before he was able to finish this film. I feel like honestly, I would have rather followed his character around and seen how he was framing the war with the propaganda, because that was really quite fascinating. I like that idea, uh, the manipulation of the masses in order to get them to move to do things. But the actual story that we're following with Katniss, honestly, in this movie, is boring. Just like uh, uh, Daniel was saying, we're just following her around just so happening to be in the right place at the right time to do the right thing and see the right people and... It just it it's really kind of just uh, it just feels like a, a I don't know it, it it's not a very well put together movie it's not a good story for me whereas I really enjoyed the other especially particularly part two I really enjoyed the the second film in the franchise so for me this was a big disappointment I was hoping for better things bigger things more exciting finale to this but I'd heard that it was pretty disappointing and it did not disappoint it was. It was not nearly as good as it should have been or could have been. Okay, Melody, what about you? Well, I have a longer relationship with the franchise. I read all the books. I tried to avoid them for a while because I thought it was, you know, the the tween thing or whatever. But when I did start reading them, I, I read all three in the course of like a week. I mean, I 
devoured them pretty quickly. And, of course, like everyone else who has read the books, loved the first two, hated the third one. It's a pretty common response. I don't really know anybody who liked the third book. So I was not particularly hopeful for this movie. However, I I do think that they've done a good job with the movie fr- franchise as a whole um, as far as depicting the world and the acting in the films across the board has been pretty great. So, I, I mean, I wanted to see it, but I wasn't like super excited or whatever. So I, I guess I would say it's pretty much exactly what I expected. Um, it's it stuck closer to the book than I had maybe thought because I, I thought maybe in breaking up the third book into two films, they were going to try and do something to redeem whatever it is about that third book that everybody hates, which I think is really probably the only interesting conversation about this movie is what is it what is it about it that nobody likes because i mean honestly uh, it, i think it it does take a little bit of thought and probably not till we get into spoilers but i don't feel like they really varied very far from the book at all um it was basically the the, the plot of the book i i do think that some of the action because they broke it up into two parts got more time, got more screen time than it obviously would have um, as far as their their progress to the Capitol in the, like, in the second act of the movie. Um, in the books, that's all pretty quick. So I, I guess I liked that. Some of those scenes were mildly entertaining. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I could talk a lot about it, but does anyone really care? Probably not. It was okay. And, I mean, obviously, if you've, if you've watched the other movies in the series, like, finish it out, but... <laughs> Probably don't expect to love it because nobody nobody loves the third book, so probably no one's going to love the last movies either. Wow. Sounds like we've got a lot of love on the show tonight. Say so the one thing that I can say about this about this movie in particular, since we're, the uh, hate train is it seems to be rolling out of this screenersville tonight, is <laughs> that it is at least better than Spectre. I can say that <laughs> with oh, wow. total confidence oh, wow. oh, and gosh. with no, not even blinking an eye. There's no doubt that, on the fire, that, that it's better. Well, you know, here's the thing. We, I'm not going to beat. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I'm essentially in agreement with everybody that the problem, the problem here is that they took, a, and I, I have also read all three books. The third book is is universally awful. It's just written poorly. The story is uh, not executed well. It's just very disappointing. So the source material to begin with is not good, and then they stretched it into two films. Now, one thing that I that I'm trying to not let happen is make my experience with the last two films taint what the first two did. Because in my opinion, the first two movies are actually very solid. Uh, And I would say even... Wow. I would say even better than solid there are a lot of very human moments i love how this series in general and i don't want to get you know too deep into these weeds but i love how the gender politics in this stuff is really great it's wonderful even in this movie to see so many women a lot of different ethnicities and major roles playing playing a very important part in the story because we don't see that a lot i think i think a, a movie deserves kudos for that and and not and with great actresses as well um, I love the fact that even though there's a love story at the core of this, the entire thing is not necessarily exclusively built around that, that Katniss is not your standard kind of over-sexualized heroine. So there are lots of things to like about this, but this movie specifically is 
Daniel mentioned it with the screens and how they would come on at all the right times. Another thing that constantly happened is, as opposed to showing us action, they sat down and talked about about what was happening a lot. There were lots of conversations in this movie where they would just sit down and just explain exactly what the audience needed to know, back and forth, back and forth. And they did that four or five times. And so the pacing of the thing was like trudging through mud just because it was so it was so exposition heavy and it was just not I mean I agree with Daniel it looks fine some of the action scenes are good but overall it's just it's just not it's not an enjoyable experience and I I cannot remember in recent memory an ending coda to a film that I hated more than this. Yeah. I mean, I hated it with a black passion, hated it. I think it was a betrayal. <laughs> I, it was a betrayal of the character. It was not in keeping with what they had established in the first three films. It was just a, let's tie a bow on this thing. I just hated it so much. But it's what's in the I, source right. material. No, I get it. I get it. Which is also why I hate the third book. So it's just one of those things where I, I agree with Melody. They, they kept it true to the source material, which normally for me is a bonus. But in this case, I just couldn't, I couldn't come around because there were moments where I was like, I'm enjoying this. I think I'm enjoying this. But then when the I talent, look. The talent right. surpasses the, the material. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. So overall for me, a, a big disappointment. But honestly, uh, Mockingjay Part 1, which also was very competently made, was yeah. similarly frustrating because nothing really happened in that movie because it shouldn't have been a standalone film. It should have been there was, one. There was a lot of anticipation in it, though, which is why I think I at least gave it a pass. I was like, okay, all right, so this is building to something. Right. It must be important enough that there was a necessity for two films. And right. as it turns out, definitely there really not. wasn't. Yeah. Definitely, definitely not. I wanted to but, mention one more thing, if I could, before yeah. we move on. I just, and I mentioned this to Melody, um, there was a lot of moments in this film that felt like uh, were ripped from the headlines. I don't know if you guys felt that at all in this, but it was it, there was a lot of moments in this film that I thought to myself, wow, this is really kind of poignant and they're trying to, to, to say something. And But all of that is just totally missed when the film is doesn't live up to those moments, doesn't really earn them all that much. And it really was, I was quite saddened by that. I felt like this this material the the world that they were trying to build deserved a better ending than what we got i really feel like i was hoodwinked cuz i hadn't read any of the books i didn't know how it was going to end i didn't know what characters were going to rise to great heights and which ones were going to be defeated and all that. i had no idea what was going to happen and for me i just felt like boy if i was in the writers room i would have made some serious revisions in this and specifically to another thing i don't know if you guys noticed but were any of you guys just confused about how big this world was like there was a moment when everybody was supposed to be moving towards one particular point in the film and i didn't understand how everybody would fit in this one location did you guys get this like was this a confusing point for you as well or was i just uh, alone i was confused about a couple things we we might get to those later, yeah, but yeah. sure, that that's probably one of them. It just it just felt like the world was not like they kept saying the world was one way, and then they'd come back, and then it would be. Yeah. 
I think we, the three of us, have the benefit of having read the novels, and so we brought some information with us, so I was never confused because I knew where it was going. Well, good. Um, Well, then let's get into spoilers, and I'd like to hear how, how, because these are the things I need to know as a film watcher, not having the full picture. All right, so let's go around very, very quickly here and just say, should we see it? Should you see it in the theater? Should you rent it or skip it? And let's start with Josh. (laughs) Watch some Charlie Kaufman movies instead. Support actual stories. That might help your life in some way. There you go, Chris. I, and, I mean, if if you've obviously if you've watched the other films in the franchise, you're going to see this movie, which is the reason why it's made so much money, despite it not being a good movie. So I would say if you've seen the other films, yes, go see the end of it, but don't expect to like it. Okay, Daniel. I think that most people, if you liked the first two film, first three films. You'll like this one as well. I, I think for the majority, that'll be true. So if you like those movies, you'll probably like this one just as well. Uh, maybe you won't love it, but you'll, uh, you'll probably like it. So, you know, go see it in theaters, I guess. it's uh, You don't need to rush, but sure, see it. Okay, Melody? I think you could totally rent it and be just fine. I agree with that. I would say, I would say rent it. You don't have to see it in the theater. But um, it looks like most of you already have. So there's that. All right. <laughs> That's right. With that, we'll move to spoilers for Mockingjay Part 2. First rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? But there's so many places it wouldn't have occurred to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware of what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. And in a dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. And he's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. Then I woke up. All right. So just to clarify this, book readers, for me. And I, I asked this of Melody, but she couldn't quite remember either. And it seemed like it might be a confusing point, too. But, like, how does everybody in the entire world fit into one building in the capital? It's not everyone it's in not, the It's not world. the world. Those were just the residents of the capital plus the invading army. All the districts are miles and miles and miles away from each other. Okay, I understand. But how many people were supposed to have fit? into the mansion well that that's not the point the point wasn't that that, that was, was a, a square real in front plan. of the mansion. yeah it wasn't a real plan the plan was to get them in front of the people get as many people as you can to then bomb them and but the i mean like bomb, when she not the capital when she Correct. got there Go when she got there though like there was only a couple hundred people that's, that's what i didn't understand like hadn't they already like so there was only a few hundred people in the capital total no, there was remaining not. after the war. Yeah, like some people the died war, in the war, some they, people left. Right. And they people. talked about evacuating the outer right? area prior okay. to the invasion and all that stuff. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like I just seemed remaining a little... refugees that were still in their house. Yeah. It just seemed a little uh just I didn't understand the scale of of what was happening. I it this was seemed really like it felt like we went from a budget of like millions to all of a sudden a budget that was like a tv budget like i was supposed to believe this was everybody in the in the city and i was like i don't understand why there's only 
a few hundred people here. I feel well, like well, they only had a few minutes between millions. when the announcement came and when the bombing started. It was a very short period of time. Okay, and there's a lot of people that probably had absolutely no trust in the Capitol and just stayed where they were. So that was sure. not everyone in the entire Capitol. But okay. really, does anybody care? No. No, I, I just was curious. This was just one of the one of the moments that bothered me. I felt like the world was collapsing, both figuratively, literally, and whatever. So it just seemed weird. Anything else that we want to talk about <laughs> for this um, for this film? Just because it kind of bothered me, because I just want to know, um, you book readers out there, how did the plot with her other love interest, Gail, actually end? In the movie, he just went away. She said, goodbye, Gail. Are we supposed to believe that he planned the bombing on the Capitol? Like, I, I didn't no, understand. No, that was his idea. They had that scene back when they were talking about in District 12 or whatever it was about the underground thing, and he had that plan of the second bomb. And so basically what she was intimating there is that the President Coyne took that idea and used it drop the bomb on the kids which is why and he so said it, i don't know yeah he doesn't know because it uh, was his idea in a different context it just wasn't his idea obviously to bomb the children but she hated him for that and i think that's one of the like most annoying parts of how that story resolves if you care about the romance like that's that's a stupid ending to that relationship so yes i agree i wouldn't say i care about the romance but the fact that it was like one of the main plots of the of the whole series it kind of bothered me that that's how they resolved it yeah i totally agree yeah that was confusing to me i I thought i had thought that he had helped plan the the attack it definitely did not bother me as much as that speech monologue that she gave to her infant son on the blanket at the end i was that was so (laughs) terrible the most melodramatic how how is it oh it was beautiful and the way that they exactly what i and the way that they shot it looked like garbage it was like what are we in a different i'm so it was green screen or something it was weird yeah i hated that ending for lots of character reasons and just because it was poorly executed that was that was rough 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 i think one thing that made the movie a little bit easier than the book to swallow was the death of prim because i feel like in the book it's it's sadder somehow, or it's more like it is horrible. For sure. Yeah, um, I think that you're more connected to Prim in the book, and so it's it's sadder in the movie. It was just it's just kind of like a, a passing it's thing really, that happens really and, quick. Yeah, they don't even talk about it. Really, it just like happens, and then they move on. Yeah. Well, then hey, she's she in, yells at the cat. Exactly. Then she <laughs> yeah. yells at the cat with <laughs> saliva going all over the place. Yeah. It was like that's weird. Oh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence is so much better than this. This is like. Ugh, yeah, yeah and just watch Silver Linings Playbook. No, don't, don't. don't. Are you, you know, serious? tell us, Daniel. Tell us, started. tell us. We should watch it. You, you need to watch that movie. Anyway, I won't. I won't. <laughs> Excelsior. The um, you know, and you can't really even complain about this. Kind of had the Return of the King problem of having twelve endings right in a row, mm-hmm. but um, that's how the book is. <laughs> so yeah. it's like. You know, there's just there's a lot of things that are just broken. That's exactly how Melody described it. She was like, "The ending is so brutal." After Prim's death, you're just like, "I don't, don't care. I don't care." Why it keeps are we trying walking? to resolve and nobody cares? Because it's just like, what, what is happening? This I mean, I have to awry. say, I have to say though, despite, I mean, I could have done without Prim's death. That felt honestly, it felt manipulative and kind of silly. I mean, I, I, well, the, the only reason why I'd say that it was necessary is because that's the reason why she kills Coin. Um, if it wasn't for that, she probably wouldn't 
have killed Coin, and Coin would have become president and done exactly what Snow did. I disagree. Yeah, I do. You don't. You don't even. So I disagree. Too. I don't really. I don't have a huge dog in the fight, but her whole reason in my mind for killing Coin was that she was tired of being a pawn, and she sensed that she was a pawn again. Yeah, but would she have killed somebody who was completely? Uh, oh, sure, Messiah complex. Oh. So you 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 don't think it was because of Prim's death that she? It oh. seemed okay. All right. Yeah, but see, I mean, I, 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 I think she was upset about that, but I think she was more concerned about herself. Yeah, I slightly disagree with that because I I think the one of the things that made the character so so compelling in the first two was that yes, to some degree she was a pawn as she was being used. She refused to be a part of the system and always did kind of her things her own way and and rebelled against everything. Whereas in this one, as soon as she says at the beginning, I'll do whatever you say and kind of gives herself over to it, you lose a lot of that dramatic propulsion uh, for the story, which is another reason why the book was so so crappy so whatever what are you gonna do and now let me say this i think the movie's better than the book i hated the book yeah. i've never finished Definitely. i've never hated a book as much as i did this and still finished it i was just like i just have to yep. know what's gonna happen but i would watch Jeez. them but the movie was much better than the book so. yeah i just i i really kept hoping that the, the movie was going to improve but like i like daniel like you were saying the whole like oh, here's a television screen uh, here's a hollow here's some more exposition there's just like constantly well and that's how it's in the book even more so like stuff is just happening you're not even there in the action you're just like hearing it from stupid sources and then it's and then it's over and you're like what and i gotta say the the most ridiculous thing to me that just it kept getting stupider and stupider that's right uh was Mm -hmm. that oh what's the love interest the guy that was crazy that tried to kill her Malarkey is right. I don't understand. So they dropped PETA in the middle of this war zone because he would, it was propaganda, right? But like if I was any of those folks in that fire team, I'd just shoot him straight in the head and just be like, forget you. I'm not, you killed one of our guys. You're obviously, you're not right in the head. I'm sorry about this, but you're dead. Like I don't, I don't understand at all why in they the world Katniss loves him well no, no in the context yeah, of that stupid. world though in the first two films he will and and books he's more than just Katniss loves him he's he's a victor from the yeah, Hunger he Games was, like, and he's he's an important figure in the in the rebellion so it's not just that but he's not anymore though like in the movies he was a, he was nobody i mean he might as well be dead you know he would be they would be so much better off if he were dead that's exactly right. Like, if, if in the context of rebels versus empire, whatever the capital, whatever, like the rebels obviously know that he's betrayed them, obviously know that he's tried to choke and kill and murder their mockingjay. Like, I don't understand why they would. Well, part ever of it too is that her. that's true. But Coin, I think Coin put him there so that he might actually kill her. Because her death as a martyr serves two purposes: right. it fires them up and it gets her out of the way. Right, so, exactly. And, and, and I understand and so the that. capital's stupid, or the the rebels are stupid enough to let it happen. Exactly. This whole movie, just have him there. He might kill her, but the commander. Oh well. Who who is the commander? The one that, that died uh, from the mob. Remy. Oh my gosh! How do you know all these names, Josh? It's amazing. Remy is his name in House of, House Cards, of Cards, which is yeah. the only series oh, right, I recognize right. him oh, that's in. Right. Thank Boggs. His name is Boggs or Box. Okay, anyway, so he, I feel like his character would have 
if it was being true to this character, would have killed him right away. Like I don't understand. It's, I just it just bothered me because the moment that they that's he pushed, the thing that bothered you. Yeah, the, I told I leaned over to Melody and I said, "Why did they not put a bullet in his head or throw him into that inky stuff and just let him?" I ugh. Anyway, it just that kind of stuff is what made me hate this movie more and more and more as it went on. I wanted to like it a lot. I went in ex- actually excited to see how this thing was going to end. And I, I was, don't know why. I tried I was to sure that Melody was wrong, that this was not going to be that, and it ended up... So now, I think we need well, to give the, the series a little bit of credit in that I, I, uh, think, it, I think every uh, installment in the series is far better than most young adult adaptations, with the exception being Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think it is heads and tails above everything else. I so agree. in the genre, yeah, no, there's there's no doubt in the but that's unfortunate because I feel like this this honestly, and I think Josh would agree, hopefully all of you agree with me on this is that when you have that cast, when you have that talent of direction and uh, the money and all that stuff, this should have should have surpassed young adult fiction. Um, this should be the, the I feel like the source material could have been so much it should have been so much better than this this final installment yeah. in i think we're just going well, in circles because the source material is the problem the third book is off they should have changed it they should have changed it that's all i'm going to say is that they, they should have sure they can why not Course, I don't Chris. know anyone who's Come a on, fan Chris. of the Hunger Games that would have been mad if they changed That's right. the That's third what I'm saying. Book. I feel like oh, most sure. people were going in thinking to themselves, you can't change okay. the story, but you can't. You, I mean, sure. you can't. I mean, you can. Still, I mean, they bought the rights to the story. They can't just... I mean, yeah. I, it seems like they'd have a lawsuit on their hands yeah. somewhere. I don't yeah. know. Well, I don't I, mean they had to... I don't mean they had to have... Never mind. It's okay. It's, it's fine. There, there are certain story beats in this that they could have skipped over, changed, moved, and which they did, and obviously, because they were making movies. Yeah. So I just felt like they could have done something that would have done yeah. justice to the folks that were involved. Yeah. And I don't feel like they did. I agree with that. That's so ultimately, I think we're all in agreement that it's a big disappointment. Some some hate it a little more than others, but we can at least agree it's better than Spectre and Call It a Night. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. All right. Well, we have talked far more than enough. So now it's your turn. Please go look us up on Facebook. You can find us at the Screeners Podcast. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you'd like. We, we really want to please our fans, so we want to know what you guys are interested in. And from time to time, we post cre- questions and polls and various things, and you can join in the fun with us screeners. So check the page for updates between episodes and all sorts of other fun. As we said at the top of the show, please subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. All right, so that's it for us, and we'll see you next time. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.